My name is James Gleason, and I want to welcome you to the weekend teaching ministry of Sunrise Church here in Hillsboro, Oregon. Now, Sunrise is a church devoted to being a safe place to hear a life-changing message. And our vision is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so every weekend, we share a message of hope from God's Word, the Bible. Now, if you'd like to know more about discovering and growing in a relationship with the God who loves you, please take a moment to visit our website at www.isunrise.com. Now, from there, you can learn how to connect with the God who loves you. And you can learn how to grow with others along the journey of life. You can learn to develop a heart to serve the least, the last, and the lost. And finally, you can learn how to lead others to know Jesus Christ on this journey of disciples making disciples. And so now I invite you to follow along with our weekend message as you discover the heartbeat of God. Now, we like to think of this holiday season as the season of love, and it is in a lot of ways. For many of us, it might be a better title to call it the season of anxiety. Now, for many of us, we live with anxiety through all the course of the year, but there's something about this season that tends to bring anxiety to a a crescendo. Maybe for you, it's family expectations or cultural expectations. Maybe it's that just that incessant desire to get the perfect gift for that certain someone. Or maybe it's just the myriad messages that we get from all around us with conflicting of ideas of what even the season is about. After all, did you know that there's only 17 shopping days until Christmas? How's your anxiety doing? (laughs) Now, psychologists tell us that many of our psychiatric problems, as well as our physical problems, are rooted in anxiety. Things like depression and stress, headaches, relational conflict, outbursts of anger, they all find root in anxiety. And, And I just described the Christmas season for some of you right there. Why so much anxiety? Well, this is an oversimplification, but there's a lot of truth in it, in that, in that we live life with a dilemma. On the one hand, we are creatures full of passions and desires for people and possessions and experiences that we believe are necessary for the good life, however we defined it. On the other hand, we are weak creatures who are not able to fully arrange for what we desire. Did you hear that? We have this truckload of desire and we're unable to meet and receive guarantee that which we desire. And the gap in between, that's anxiety. I mean, think about it this way. Right now, bring to mind, maybe close your eyes if you need to. What is it that you want most this Christmas season? Just kind of bring it to mind. Maybe it's a particular gift, time together with family, the delightful squeals from your kids as they come down the stairs on Christmas morning. Maybe it's the, your family all gathered around and sharing a meal and conversation on Christmas morning. Maybe it's the elusive national championship for the Ducks. Good luck with that one. But here's the, here's the deal. Can you in your own power make what you want happen? I mean, Guaranteed. I mean, I know you want it to happen, and maybe even right now you're earnestly striving to make sure it happens, but you can't, in and of yourself, make it happen guaranteed. Hence, anxiety. I imagine I even provoked a little anxiety just talking about it here this morning. Aren't you glad you came to church today? 
We simply cannot escape anxiety. But before you give up on me and run screaming out of the room, remember, we're just getting started, right? And let's focus in on and remember the angel's words to those shepherds on that first Christmas morning. It's captured in the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2. It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. So maybe you haven't had an angel appear to you this Christmas Eve and provoke your fear and anxiety. But the message from the angel is true for us, no matter what anxieties and fears we have right now. You need not fear. Jesus is near. You need not fear. Jesus is near. And so what I want to spend my time today is to bring this this ideas of Christ's love that we're going to look at in terms of our Advent season, as well as this idea of we live with this fear and anxiety. And I want to take a look at these two in combination because one of Jesus' best friends, and probably even his best friend, a man by the name of John, talked about fear and love. And, And it's found in a small letter that he wrote. It's tucked into the back of our Bibles called 1 John. And if you're not familiar with it, take a look at this. He says, there's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So according to John, what removes fear? It's perfect love. And it makes sense when you think about it. I mean, when you know without a shadow of a doubt that you are loved... Fear goes right out the window because love supersedes fear. Now, it's not that this is just about creating some kind of problem-free life either because in the name of love, we will endure all sorts of things. We will endure pain. We will make great sacrifices. We will overcome seemingly insurmountable odds. In other words, we will fully step into those things we fear the most when we know we are loved. And when we know we are loved, we can rest from our striving, from our scheming, from our arranging, from our our own happiness, because being loved is at the center of happiness. Now, notice where the writer roots fear. He says, fear has to do with punishment. And that's fascinating. In other words, follow your fears back, and you will find a threat of punishment, or what you perceive as punishment, some some kind of action or hurt potentially that's going on or some kind of loss or something that feels like a punishment. And what, he, and, and what he's t- tying into is this, how a sense of punishment reveals a performance-based or a rules-based approach to life and an approach to relationships. And a performance-based relationship is the number one alternative to a love-based relationship. In a performance-based relationship, the message basically is, you better measure up, you better be good enough, or else... In other words, fear. In a love-based relationship, the message is there's nothing you can do to keep me from loving you. And don't get me wrong, a loving relationship still has boundaries, still has rules, but it's the motivation behind the rules that's different. The rules are kind and they're for the protection of the relationship. 
The big story of the Bible points to the contrast between the fear and punishment approach to relationships in life and a love-based relationships in life. And so all through what we call the Old Testament in our Bible, we see this nation and, they're, and they're de- God declares his love for this nation of Israel. And he gives them what we might think of as kind warnings uh, to, to help orient them and point them towards a love-based approach to life but they simply would not or could not stay connected to God and his love. And instead, they tried to appease God by keeping religious rules. Or they would abandon God and try to find love in all the wrong places. But God, at just the right time, invaded their story and indeed invaded all of human history by sending his son. And by sending his son, what he wanted to display was, was a perfect picture of his kind of love. So here's how Jesus' friend John put it in his short little letter. He said, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Jesus' arrival on earth on that first Christmas day made God's love clear, transparent, obvious, unmistakable. Before we even believe in God, before we even love God, he loves us. And he loved us enough to send his beloved son to pay the penalty for our sin. In other words, the way we fall short of God's wonderful perfection. Jesus, God's son, the one Born on, the main, born on that first Christmas day, went on to live the perfect life. You and I long to live, but we can't. He died the death you and I deserve because we fall short of perfection. Then he rose from the dead, forever conquering sin and death. By, in doing so, he provided a way for us to be adopted into God's perfect, forever loving family. Imagine that. We can be the children of God. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And not only that, he promises his spirit will come and live inside of us and will teach us from the inside out what it looks like to live a life of one who's loved. We can know with a shadow of a doubt that we can call the God of the universe daddy and know that we are loved. And this isn't just some kind of intellectual exercise either. This isn't some kind of creed to repeat. I mean, all of us can say, yeah, I understand the information that God loves me. And I can even maybe even say, I, I believe in it. Yeah, I know. I believe in that. But that doesn't help us with our anxiety. Because anxiety isn't an intellectual thing. Anxiety is a physical thing. It resides in our body. It's like in the deep down places where what we believe or don't believe about God and about being loved. The problem is that down in those deep places, we don't, we don't like to face those. And so we will avoid them pretty much at all costs until we can't avoid it anymore. It's part of the human condition. It isn't until we realize that we can't eat enough or drink enough or spend enough or receive enough or relate enough to fill that void that we realize we have to face it head on. And maybe that's where you are this morning. I tell you, that's 
a, a place that I've been at different points in my life, and in one particular place, the, probably the darkest time of my life. You see, I've lived a lot of my life with a sense of, of trying to be good enough, trying to measure up to some kind of standard, trying to project the image of having life all together. And for a lot of my life, I've lived with the idea that, you know, the information that I could be strong enough or I could be smart enough to make life work for me, to arrange for my own happiness until I couldn't. And before my mind even came to the understanding that I was powerless to do that, my body went into a complete revolt against my loss of control. And what had been, what you might think of as minor skirmishes with anxiety through the years, broke out into full-on panic attacks, um, night after night insomnia, and an emotional paralysis that kept me from even functioning in everyday life. But God, the God of the universe stepped into that overwhelming anxiety, and I sensed him calling to me, wooing me to receive the love that I believed ex- informationally, but I didn't believe deep down in these deep places. And in that season, I chose to listen to that that sense of calling and to obey it and to go pursue him. And at risk of sounding a little strange and maybe even a little psychotic, I believe that the God of the universe, my heavenly father, met with me in a very specific, palpable way, in a way that my fear kind of just got lost into the deep well of God's love. Because of how he met with me, I can tell you that that I have no doubt any longer that I am a child of God, beloved, dearly loved by him. And I can and, and that's what that that season set my life on a trajectory that has me standing here before you today facing my own fears of I don't like to speak up in public, right? But I'm facing my own fears because I want you to hear about the matchless love of the of God available in Jesus Christ. Don't get me wrong, of course, I, I still experience anxiety. I'm an anxious person. And just to be real with you. This last Monday morning, I woke up at 3 a.m. with anxiety, I mean, coursing through my body in a t- you know, to where my body's actually tingling with it. And I don't know what it is about 3 a.m., but anxiety seems to love 3 a.m. Do I have a witness in the congregation? What is it about 3 a.m.? <laughs> and then for the rest of that day, anxiety was my companion. Now, here's the difference. That anxiety no longer rules me or even debilitates me. Now, what the anxiety is, it's kind of like a warning on the dashboard of your car that lets you know something's wrong in the engine. That's what anxiety is. And so now I listen to it. I sit with it long enough without trying to get away from it, basically asking, okay, God, right now I'm believing something other than your perfect love for me is necessary for my happiness. And so would you expose it? And over the course of the day, eventually came to terms with the fact that on that particular day, uh, my sense of worth or value of opinion was tied to the perspective or the potential perspective of some important people in my life. And you know what you call that? Sin. And so I did what the Bible calls us to do with sin. I turn and return. The Bible calls it repentance. I turn and once again say, God, I need you. Thank you, Jesus. You covered my sins. Thank you. I can receive your perfect life. I belong in your family. And once again, allow perfect love 
to cast out my fear. So this isn't, a, this isn't a one and done kind of thing. This becomes a way of life to recognize that whenever we have fear, just like John said, he says, when we, when, we ungiven, when we experience fear, it means we're not yet perfected in love. Okay, so we're on that journey together. So my friends, I urge you, let this Christmas season remind you that the, of the love of God that is displayed in the sending of his son. Let it remind you that because of Jesus, you can confidently go to God in the midst of your anxiety. When you receive Jesus as Savior, you can know that God, your Heavenly Father, loves you. Not just tolerates you. No, delights in you. I mean, picture a new mom holding a brand new baby. Picture a love-struck boy dreaming of his beloved. Picture proud parents watching their child graduating, walking across the stage. God's love is all of that and so much more. You are dearly loved. And when we comprehend how dearly we are loved as the children of God and delighted in him, our whole motivation and experience of life changes and this is what, this is, I want to return one more time to what Jesus' friend John said, because this can be true of us in the Christmas season. Look at what he had, how he finished his, his little conversation here about fear and love. He said, dear friends, and in the original language, it's loved ones or beloved, okay? Dear loved ones, since God loved us that much, surely ought we to love one another? No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. Isn't that fascinating? The reality is, we, have, we can't see God. In fact, no one has ever seen God. But when we give and receive love, that's how people see and experience God. And as we love, we grow in our capacity to love. And as we grow in our capacity to love, more of who God is is seen in us and through us with Jesus showing us the way. The good news that the angel shared on that first Christmas morning is the same good news we have today. That Jesus, who was rich beyond our wildest imagination, became poor so that we might become rich. Before we loved or even knew him, he loved us. So if you're here this morning, and you've never received God's love like that. I want you to know it's available to you. And so friends, this Christmas season, let's give that kind of love. Let's receive that kind of love as God's children. Would you pray with me? And so if you are there this morning and, and, and you are overwhelmed with fear, maybe it's because you've never Receive the love of God available through Jesus. And this morning, today could be the day. This morning could be the day. So I invite you here, just in a spirit of prayer. If that's you, it starts with accepting that fact that you can't do it on your own. And then believing in your heart that Jesus has already done it. He's lived the life you long to live. He's died the death you deserve because you fall short. He rose from the dead, conquering sin and death. You can be adopted into his family. And the last, section, the last part is just to confess that to him. I want you, Jesus. I know I need you. Would you come and cleanse me from the inside out? I want to be in God's family. And you know what? With that humble admission, you're invited in. It's that simple and yet that profound. So if that's you today, I invite you to make that decision today. Don't let another day go by. 
And if you have placed your faith in Jesus and are beloved children of God, I just invite you right now to examine your fears. Examine maybe you're carrying anxiety right now. So admit it to God and then release it into the deep well of his grace and mercy. And then right now, I just want you to imagine God lavishing his love on you. Picture it. Picture his face smiling at you. Experience his delight. You're his child. And let his perfect love cast out your fear. Thank you, Jesus, that you did what was necessary, that we could experience the love of God. Amen.